Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. I'm Sandy Johnston, host of this podcast, and I am a woman's transformation coach, consultant, and energetic healer. Before we dive into today's show, I just want to mention that I include the top 10 tips and takeaways towards the end of each show to give you prompts to focus on and think about and try to apply in your life when you resonate with the things that are being said. If you are unable to listen to the whole episode for whatever reason, I really recommend you take a quick minute to listen to the top takeaways from each show as this could really help you with the challenges that you may be going through. Okay, now let's get into the show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On today's episode, we are going to talk about how to become a better boundary setter and what to do when a narcissist ignores your boundaries. Now, I help women who have been through some form of abuse to work through their challenges, heal from their traumas, recover and rebuild. My aim is to help women to rise to their highest value. I'm a women's transformational coach, consultant and energetic healer. Now, so you will often hear me say that your safety is the most important thing. Now, I just want to ask you, why do we need to be able to set boundaries for ourselves? Now, the reason is that boundaries keep us safe. Boundaries help to protect us. The reason we go into fight and flight mode is because of our self-preservation mechanism in our brain. We react to things which threaten our sense of feeling safe and our sense of well-being because we are geared to protect ourselves from being hurt. When the fight-flight instinct kicks in, this is sending us a clear message that we are feeling that our safety is a threat, which can be a life-saving response in times of imminent danger. Now, if we go back, you know, hundreds of years, it, it is easy to see that this type of reaction in our brain is there to help us survive with our most basic survival. At this time in history, people existed in small communities and there was safety in numbers. People banded together to protect themselves and other members of their community. But it's really different in today's world. We are really splintered away from being banded together as community and we exist as just a single or a couple with our children. So 
um, we've gone from coexisting and cohabiting in a community and instead now we coexist just with a partner and as I said just possibly with children when they come into the picture and the rest of the world is sort of closed off from us in our own little world in our own four walls. Now, although there are still some cultures where there will be perhaps maybe three generations living in the same house and the parents are still there for their child and their child has possibly got a partner and perhaps their child has children of their own and they all play a part in supporting each other and living alongside each other. There's great strength in this type of family structure because you'll hear this, you know, saying, you will have heard it before, that it takes a village to raise a child. And um, these type of families seem to function really well because the parents have additional support from their own parents to help them in keeping their life in balance and having that work-life, you know, structure in balance in their lives but I digress it's um, another topic for another time but even um, you know this scenario doesn't mean that it's always going to be healthy a healthy family unit um, it doesn't matter what the family unit construct is toxic um, people can enter into any household in any family unit. Um, so if there's a narcissistic person in this family unit, then that is going to play, definitely play a part um, with the rest of the family and how the rest of the family is able to function. So so do I talk about the fight-flight response in relation to domestic or gender-based abuse? I guess the reason I mention this is because if you are experiencing the fight-flight response to things that are happening in your life, then this is a very clear indication that your brain is sending you very clear signals that you are not feeling safe. And feeling safe is really, really important. Um, really important for obvious reasons, but it's also really important for your well-being, for your mental health, for your emotional well-being. It's really important for you to feel safe in your home, in your relationship and in your life. Now, maybe the type of abuse that you are experiencing is not physical. And so you might be feeling a bit confused and find that you are second guessing yourself when you go into fight and flight mode. It's not, you know, necessarily really clear cut. And this, you know, can sometimes be termed as gaslighting. And um, this is really a plays a big part in, uh, in emotionally and psychologically abusive relationships. And it is quite natural to have this kind of confused response, not knowing for sure 
whether or not you this is abuse that you're experiencing and um, in these types of scenarios you can be left second guessing yourself and um, and what this does is this actually erodes the trust that you have in yourself and in your judgment so when you are in fight and flight mode what that means is that you're not necessarily going to listen to that warning signal you might dismiss it and just say look this is whatever's going on for me this feels really normal to me and the situation and what I'm used to and maybe I can just put up with it and you might find yourself that you're making lots of excuses for the things that are happening and making lots of justifications for what is happening too. Um, this is what our minds need. We need to be able to uh, rationalise things in a way which will send signals to ourselves that we are safe enough to keep going in the same way that we have been going keep going on with this relationship which has got these really toxic and damaging elements to it and this is because the power that you have in the trust that you have in yourself has been eroded and so you're not no longer confident in making really clear-cut decisions about what is in your best interests so just understand if you're listening to this and you're relating to what I'm saying please know that you are not alone that this happens to women in abusive relationships all the time and that there isn't a clear-cut um evidence to say to you this is clearly abuse that I'm going through this is very natural for you then to go down this path of second guessing yourself of um, losing trust in your own judgment and this is part of the cycle of abuse and this is part of what holds people back when they're in a cycle of abuse from breaking free from the cycle so just putting it really simply it's absolutely couldn't be further away from being simple it's very very complex and um it can sneak up on us it's um it's this invisible enemy that creeps in and um and we just lose sight of those healthy boundaries that we should have around ourselves to protect ourselves from narcissistic people so just understand that if this is you're relating to this and if this is something that you're going through that you can change this in your life so please don't feel as though once you're in it that that's as good as it gets and um, those feelings of well I don't know what to do about it I don't know how to change it that other person has really taken control over me and my life and I no longer have control therefore I have no idea where to start I have no idea um, 
what is the first step that I should take to take me on a different path? I just feel really stuck and I feel trapped and I don't know how to break free. Those kinds of feelings are so normal and when I say they're so normal, I'm saying that everyone experiences these kinds of feelings when they're in an emotionally or psychologically abusive relationship. So uh, that doesn't mean that you can't break the cycle, you can't put those healthy boundaries back in place for yourself. But I do want to go further along with this because there are different types of strategies of things that you should be implementing at different stages in the cycle of abuse and when I say that your safety is the most important thing to consider I am speaking to when things get to that tipping point of no return where you you have lost control um and your safety is at risk you know there's physical harm that is become a part of the cycle of abuse and at this stage this is a stage where you need extra support so all right so as I said like it is very clear cut when things get physical for you to see why you are in fight and flight mode but even then, you may be buying into the apologies you get after the abuse. So the remorse, you know, the remorse that he shows you when he tells you he is so sorry and he will never do that again and tells you he would die for you and begs for your forgiveness. You know, maybe he's love bombing you with gifts like flowers or, you know, other sentimental gifts, whether it's jewellery or just anything that's going to tug on your heartstrings. And these things that tug on your heartstrings and knowing that he knows that you are a loving person, he knows that you want to find the good and see the good and you want to salvage things because your heart is full of love and so he will use this knowing full well that all he needs to do is to tug at those emotional heartstrings to bring you back in again into the same cycle this is very normal again for that part of the cycle of abuse and it's you know really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 31 it's a cautionary tale and it really um, illustrates and describes the things that happened when in a relationship that became physically abusive and um, it just has all of the red flags in there and it will help you to really tune back into those alarm bells and just listen and if you can identify and say, oh my goodness, that is happening to me. Oh wow, that's happening to me as well. And then you can see that... Um, 
that your safety is in clear jeopardy and that will help you once you are clear in your mind that you do need help and support to get through this stage, then you can stop hesitating. And I hesitated when I said that, but that's what happens is, you know, we will hesitate to look up who we need to talk to. We will hesitate in um, involving the police. And I'm going to talk more about that too and the reasons why we hold off on doing the things that we need to do to keep us safe and to put safe boundaries around us. So, but I just really need to emphasise now that once things get physically violent, it has gone past the point where you are in a position to set boundaries on your own. So this is the point not to try and set those safe boundaries around yourself on your own without professional support. Okay, I'm just going to take a few minutes to illustrate what a boundary looks like and why we need them. Now I want you to think about your house. Does it have a door between you and the outside world? Or can any random person just walk straight into your house at any given time of the day or night? Or do they first knock and do they wait until you have come to the door to greet them and then wait to be invited in? Of course they do. And I just want to ask you again, do you have a lock on your door which prevents people from entering your home when you are away from your home? Of course you do. Now, I want you to think about your bank account. Can any random person access your bank account whenever they feel like it? Of course, the answer is no. Unless a person knows your passwords or PIN numbers, they can't access your bank account just because they'd like to. And can any person walk onto your property and take something material from your property just because that's what they feel like doing? So maybe your car's parked in the driveway. Can they just go and step into your driveway and jump in your car and hotwire it and drive off with it and there be no consequence for that? No. Of course not, that is stealing. It's clearly crossing a legal boundary. So often we take these legal boundaries for granted because they are societal expectations and often we have these legal boundaries in place so that there will be consequences and the person who crosses those boundaries can be held accountable for their actions. This just seems like common sense to us because this is what we're used to and we know that these boundaries are there to protect us. We can easily attribute value to those things as they are clearly defined boundaries in our society. 
And now I want you to just imagine if those boundaries were not there for a minute. Imagine if some random person could just walk into your home at any given moment, open the fridge, help themselves to your food, go into your lounge room, sit down on the couch and start watching your TV, get up and use your toilet, and worse still, go and lie down in your bed and go to sleep in your bed. It just doesn't happen because society is very clear that this is an invasion of privacy and we know that you cannot enter into someone else's home without an invitation. We value this right to privacy and that is why we have a legal boundary in place to uphold this. Now I just want to talk about the obvious legal breach of a boundary which happens frequently in abusive relationships and that is physical violence. Like I mentioned it is obvious that when someone physically hurts us that we have a right to seek protection but that's not always what happens and sometimes it doesn't happen because of the emotional manipulation with gestures of love bombing like I mentioned earlier after the perpetrator has been physically violent and you know sometimes that just puts a, a lid on it and stops you from taking any action against them because in your heart of hearts you love this person you don't understand why this person has done this to you and you know you want to give that person the benefit of the doubt when they make these promises to you that this will never happen again. So this is really understandable that you will blur that line of you know they've legally crossed over a line where they've put your safety in jeopardy, they've physically harmed you. But there are other reasons too and one of those reasons is because the victim is too scared to come forward and involve the authorities for fear that this will make matters worse for them and that's a huge, huge consideration about why people who have been abused in any way, shape or form will again hesitate to involve the authorities because they're already in fear of the person, the perpetrator of the abuse. They're already in fear of what that person might do next to them and so that then makes them silent. It gags them effectively from speaking to the police from involving the police in their affairs because they are too scared that the police won't be able to offer them the level of protection that they need to stay safe. So this is a huge consideration and it's a real catch-22 because on one hand the situation has clearly gone beyond anything that the victim can manage on their own 
But on the other hand, the victim is terrified that if they get the authorities involved, that things will become even more dire for them. Now, if this is happening to you, then this is the time to be ready to let go of the life that you know and be prepared to leave it all behind if that's what it takes. Now, I know that that seems impossible. We have ties to where we live. We have ties to a life that we know. And the mere thought of leaving that behind for who knows what is unimaginably hard when you are in a traumatized state and full of fear. I get that because I've been there. And I thought that I could somehow manage an impossible situation which I had absolutely no control over. For a long time I thought he was the one with the problem. He should be the one to go. And I was right to believe this, but I had to admit to myself that what I believed made absolutely no difference to changing my situation for the better. In the end, I felt like a sitting duck, an open target, and after several times of taking myself and my children into hiding, we fled and left our old life behind. So if someone in your life is not respecting a basic boundary you have, a right to have around you to keep you safe, then it is definitely time to reach out for help and support to help guide you to safety. So who will keep you safe at those times when you are being harmed by your partner? Where do you begin? A great place to start is to talk to a free online counselling support service for domestic violence and they can help you work out your next step to stay safe. Whether that be to call the Women's Refuge Line to seek shelter, which will mean either leaving with a small pre-packed bag or leaving with the clothes you have on your back. Be prepared to do whatever it takes to leave everything behind so you can start moving forward and putting your safety first. I do talk in other episodes about safety planning and getting together a bag with things like important documents in it just in case you need to make a quick escape. And I would really recommend that you get on to um, just look online for safety planning or safety plans for domestic violence or domestic abuse or gender-based violence. Just put in a search and there will be many examples of uh, safety plans and a list, you know, that you can tick off with the sorts of things that you need to have in place in case you need to have that escape plan. And it's, you know, really, really valuable. And I know how hard doing the escape plan is because part of what has helped you survive to this point 
is in part because you have just been so strong and courageous and kept standing up in that space, in that dangerous space that you've been in. That takes an incredible amount of strength. And so the minute you start admitting to yourself that your safety is in real jeopardy and that you need an escape plan, psychologically can feel like you are becoming more defenseless and your defenses are weakening and I totally understand that I've been there and I know what this feels like but I think a way to get past that and a way to get through that is to just look at a safety plan like you would a safety plan that a school has or a safety plan that a business has these organizations have safety plans in place they have a duty of care towards the general public they have a duty of care schools have a duty of care to the students and the um, the staff who are at the school so part of that duty of care means having a safety plan so they have to have an evacuation plan um, and if you are to look at your life and your situation and say I'm not treating it any differently because there is a duty of care that I have to my own safety there is a duty of care that I have towards my children's safety so whatever the circumstances might be whether I am feeling safe in my relationship or I'm feeling unsafe in my relationship it's just really prudent and a great idea to have an evacuation plan in place. So take the perpetrator out of the equation when you're doing your safety planning to help you psychologically to not feel disempowered but feel empowered in what you're doing. Um, I'm just if I can just give an example of okay let's just use an example of god forbid um, there is a fire in your home okay if you have thought about an escape plan ahead of time then in that moment of pure panic you will already have a plan that you have, you know you've looked at this plan you've created this plan and you will be able to get past that terror that moment of terror of being confronted with you know this terrible circumstance and you will know these are my steps this is what i need to do and you will be able to navigate your way out of that situation safely and if everything goes in your home then you are still safe so you can rebuild okay and that's what I'm trying to say it's absolutely you know frightening and terrifying to think that you could lose everything to be in that position that you have to walk away from everything and I don't wish it on anybody and it doesn't necessarily mean that you will lose everything forever but in terms of your safety your safety comes first so you need to be prepared to walk away from everything to keep yourself safe then you can start thinking about recovering and rebuilding again so it's just 
one step and then another step and then another step and you know if you don't take that first step to keep yourself safe then you might not have anything to recover or be able to be in a position to rebuild anything so that's why we're having this hard conversation right now I just now also just want to talk right yeah just I just want to make mention that one thing that I think that every victim should have in their um, in their everyday life on hand is a portable battery charger for their mobile phone so that they can recharge even if they can't get to a power supply. So as I said, like go to these lists about safety planning, but that's just one tip that I don't see it appears um, in these safety plans. And I think it's a really, really important thing because you're mobile phone is your line of communication to the outside world so it's absolutely imperative that you have your phone with you at all times and that you have a portable charger with you at all times in case your battery is running low and you need to recharge and you can't get to a power outlet to do that okay now I don't want to get off track I just wanted to give you a couple of tips if you don't know what um, having to leave in a hurry looks like. So as I said, it's really easy to stay stuck because you just don't know the first person to reach out to who can help you stay safe. We often can't call upon family because we don't want to um, endanger them. We uh, this is a very real consideration and this is something that holds many victims back from sharing with their family exactly what's going on um, in their lives and the gravity of what's going on in their lives and a lot of the time victims will just sugarcoat everything to make it because they don't want to they don't want to alarm their family they don't want to cause their family any undue stress and so victims become very protective of those they love and I'll go into this deeper shortly but victims will um, you know they'll put others ahead of themselves and they don't you know they would rather you know keep their family um, protected than they would putting themselves first and protecting themselves but in this sort of scenario we have to get past that um, we often don't want to involve our friends for the same reason uh, we just we want to protect our friends we don't want to cause them any undue stress we don't want to endanger our friends and so we hesitate to involve them in our life which then is you know makes it really difficult and you makes it really difficult to know well if I can't turn to my family and talk to my family about this and let them know what's going on what's really going on here and if I can't talk to my friends and often friends will be isolated from us anyway because that's what happens in abusive relationships is you will lose your friends because your um, the perpetrator in the relationship cuts you, you off from your friends because they want you to be disempowered they want you to be isolated and then you don't have friends to turn to you don't know where to turn to for help 
So where can you turn? I've given you a good place to start. Um, and if you can't start there, try talking to your family doctor or a charitable organisation as they will know different support services who can help, who, who can help you. And I just want to also mention here that, you know, I haven't mentioned the police, but they're absolutely the people that should be involved and that you should be calling when things become life-threatening or when you have been harmed physically. You know, if you feel scared, you know, if your partner hasn't harmed you but, you know, they're holding you down, you know, or they're holding you against a wall or, you know, they've got their hand around your throat, none of that is okay. And your safety is at risk and the police should be involved. So when the police get involved, you know, this is when I say, you know, get on to, they, they will often connect you, they will connect you with services. And the reason that they connect you with services is because they know you need professional support to help you work out what steps you need to take to stay safe. I'm definitely saying please do contact the police, you know, if your safety is at risk or if you're feeling like your safety is at risk, this is the time that it is appropriate for you to call the police. And this is the time where, as I said before, as hard as it is to think about, to think about if I need to just leave with the clothes that I've got on my back, that that's what I will do because, you know, I deserve to be okay and I will put my safety first. So, um, as I said before, you can recover afterwards, okay, but you've got to get yourself out of harm's way, all right? And I'll just mention, you know, you can always use my services, okay? I always provide a link in the episode notes, okay, for women to be able to book in a call with me, which is a complimentary service, because... I want to help women get unstuck and I want you to get the help and support that you need, okay? This is a chance, this is a chance for you to just have a confidential chat with me where I will put on my consulting hat, okay, during the call and talk about your specific situation and your specific needs and we can work out the next couple of steps you can take to work through your challenges. So this is somewhere you can start where you know that you are talking to someone who has been where you are and understands what you're going through and what you might need to help you get through this. So now we've talked about when things are really serious and you now have a couple of ideas on what you can do. Let's talk a bit about what may have happened to have you have fallen prey to a narcissist and what you can do differently to start to put healthy boundaries in place for yourself to stop attracting narcissistic people into your life.
In the last episode, I talked about the character traits of people who fall prey to narcissistic people. So if you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and have a listen. I'm not going to go back over that right now, but yeah, it's really good for you to gain an understanding that there is no huge inherent law in you okay except that you have not known how to put healthy boundaries around yourself to put it really simply you are more than likely a really really lovely person eager to care for others and you are a real giver too and you probably say yes even when you don't really want to do something because you don't want to disappoint the other person. This single self-sacrificing trait is the one which leaves an opening for narcissists to prey upon. They see that you hate saying no in the fear that you will disappoint someone or let them down in some way, which makes it easy for them to use you and abuse you. If you are experiencing a non-physically violent abusive relationship, you may still have the ability to stay in your home and start putting your safe boundaries around yourself. If the abusive partner is unresponsive and refuses to leave and the relationship continues with more abusive behavior again this is the time to get support from professional services the rule of thumb to remember is that the cycle of abuse gets worse over time the longer you stay in it the worse it will become you may build up some kind of immunity to it because you think there is no breaking away and it's better the devil you know but no this offers you absolutely no security. No security for your safety, no security for your future. Your security will come when you break free and have the support you need to put safe boundaries in place. So now I want you to pretend for a moment that you are the house and I want you to imagine that you have a door with a lock and you are in charge of who you let into your house. You are in charge of who you want to keep out, how long they can stay if you do invite them in, when you are available to talk to them, when you are able to entertain them, when you need your house to yourself, when you need to take time to maintain your house and keep it in good order, when you need to get rid of clutter and de-junk your house, when you need to freshen your house up and make it look and feel pretty and inviting. I think you get the picture. You have a right to put boundaries around yourself to say who you want to have in your life, 
to say who you want to be in a relationship with, to say who you want to be friends with, to say who you want to hang out with and have fun with, to say when you want to take time out for self-care, to say when you want to take time out to work on your personal growth and development, to say when you want to take time out for your mental health, to say how you want to be treated, to say how you want to be cared for, to say how you want to be respected. I know how hard it is to try to tell a narcissistic person how you need to be treated. It can be terrifying. There is a universal law that narcissists try to avoid at all costs and that is the law of cause and effect. When we set boundaries, we uphold the law of cause and effect. When we have made it known that we expect to be treated with care and respect by anyone who we are in a relationship with and this does not happen, then we have a clear breach of the boundary and we are able to see if we can work through that to resolve it. Or if we cannot, or if it cannot be resolved, we know that we cannot get this from this person in our lives and this enables us to try to free ourselves and seek out someone who will treat us with the care and respect we are seeking. So the real power in boundaries is not to try and change someone else to conform to our boundary but to show us the truth of the value the other person places on us and our personal boundaries. If someone treats you bad, remember that there is something wrong with them, not you. Normal people don't go around destroying other people. Now, I'm just going to leave you with a quote by the amazing Eleanor Roosevelt. She says, you can gain strength, courage and confidence by every experience in which you stop to look fear in the face. You must do the things you think you cannot do. I'll leave you with that. All right, I hope that you got some value out of today's episode. Um, you, I always welcome feedback. I would love feedback. And I just send you lots and lots and lots of love and lots of light. Okay, wishing you well and stay safe. I hope you found value in today's episode and have more of an understanding about the need for boundaries in our life, whether we are in a good relationship or a bad relationship. It's really, really important for us to learn how to create those boundaries. And um, I'm just going to leave you with the top tips and takeaways from today's show. Number one, you need boundaries to keep you safe. Number two, your fight flight instinct is there to alert you that something is making you feel unsafe. Number three, when the trust you have in yourself becomes eroded, you lose confidence in your ability to listen to your fight flight instinct. Number four, just because you don't know where to start with getting support to help you to put healthy boundaries in place, don't give up. 
because there is support out there. And even if you start with just calling an online counselling service who is a domestic violence online counselling service, they're a free service and they can definitely help you to work out what your next step might look like okay number five you may be buying into the love bombing after being abused which stops you from getting support to keep you safe number six look at the red flags with examples shown to help you identify if these things are happening in your situation tune into episode 32 for examples Number seven, if the perpetrator is physically violent, you should seek support from professional services who can help to put safe boundaries around you. Number eight, when you are experiencing physical abuse, the safest boundary you may be able to put around yourself at this time may be to physically leave, even if it means going into a refuge or a safe house. Number nine, having an escape plan is empowering as it will help you to stay safe if you are ever in imminent danger. Number 10, if you are in a non-physically violent relationship, you may be able to stay in your home and start putting your safe boundaries around yourself, but you may still need some support with this. Number 11, boundaries offer you security and you will get this security once you are able to set boundaries and hold people accountable if they disregard your boundaries. Number 12, you have a right to determine your personal boundaries. Number 13, you have a right to put boundaries around yourself. Number 14, narcissists will avoid consequences at all costs. Number 15, the real power in setting boundaries is to help you keep harmful people out of your life. Okay, that's it from me today and I send you lots of love and lots of light. Stay well, stay safe. See you. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light, shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal 
and Grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.